0: The views expressed here on Now See Here are not necessarily those of the sponsors, advertisers, Jack Chris, the host, or Roddy Merritt. Hello everybody, Jack Chris here with the Now See Here podcast. We emanate every Wednesday from CC's Coffee House in Ridgeland, Mississippi, and it's nice to be back in the saddle after a couple of weeks' absence. Uh, we're pleased to have you with us. Remember, our great sponsors and promoters, SettleMyCase.com. Face Value Health, Dr. Michael Sanders, the Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation, Joe T's Fine Wine and Spirits, Spotify, CC's Coffee House, of course, where we're taping, Merit Media, Hometown Lenders of Mississippi, and our guest this morning, Mr. Brent Bailey for Public Service Commissioner, Central District. Brent, morning, Jack. welcome back to Now See You Here.
1: And thank you so much. Good to see you and Roddy again. Appreciate you having me here. And- talking about our election what's going on and uh the, the, the roads we have traveled over the last few
0: weeks well that's going to be my first question okay. we want to hear tales from the road because i keep up with you on facebook you're all over the place uh what are you hearing from the people is there top concerns um uh, uh have you, do you have any good anecdotes uh has uh delbert holzman's uh, little old lady come out to meet you yet and mispronounced your name <laughs> have, have
1: not. yeah delbert's always got some good stories from the road there's in you know heard heard some more uh, here recently um as far as good antidotes nothing jumps out at this moment except that i think folks are hungry for some solid leadership here in this state and that's from the governor all the way down and i certainly hope we have the opportunity to fulfill that that obligation that role that responsibility of the public service commission because some of the issues you you asked about what are folks Talking about what do I receive feedback from, um, probably one of the biggest things is, is the telemarketer um, impact on our lives.
0: I'm still getting them, by the That's, way. I, I had three yesterday the, the three.
1: robocalls, mm-hmm. the, these predatory scammers that continue to invade our privacy, um, you know, uh, just just rake across our peace of mind and, and always look in some way to dig into our pocketbook and take what rightfully belongs to us. Uh, we it you know we've had a a situation hit very close to home here in the last couple weeks my my grandmother's 90 years old and her phone showed up uh, about three weeks ago from yesterday Uh, showed up as medicaid giving her a call so she answered the phone of course and we told her a hundred (laughs) times a number looks funny but it showed up as on the caller id is medicaid so she answered it uh the 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 person on the other end really got to talking, you know, talking about some of the benefits were a threat, this, that, and the other. Um, had a great line and a great story, and before we knew it, she had done, gave out her credit card number, her debit card number, Social Security, driver's license, Medicaid, and all that kind of stuff, as, as every time she did, he was enticing her, and his new benefits were available, and protecting what you have. and. And it was a scam the whole time. And then, you know, thankfully we caught it very quick.
0: You could control the damage. Uh, that day. And, yeah. and
1: so we spent the rest of the week canceling, you know, bank accounts and credit cards and, and reissuing drivers. Reissuing, you know, just had to go through a lot of steps to protect her. Um, and later that afternoon, on a very similar number showing up on her caller ID was her local bank. <laughs> and we did not let did not answer it as soon as it quit raining we called the bank and nobody there had reached out uh, and we even had cousins who worked there and they went through everybody so already those folks had
0: had gotten it. had
1: gotten information we're going to i'm soon try to imitate someone from the bank and urge her to release some dollar you know who knows but it just shows how sophisticated and how quick these guys work and you know i'm sure they saw it as hey we got a fish on the hook reel it in and let's uh do what we can. And and so that just further you know, infuriates me. It ought to infuriate everybody.
0: Well, how many times do you have any any estimate, guesstimates, how many times this happens every day that a senior citizen or anyone gives out this kind of information to these uh, telecallers? Well, it's
1: pretty well known that, that in the U.S., we get about 1,500 telemarketer solicitations a second.
0: Good that night. Has, I had no idea. There's nearly
1: 50 billion calls a year goes out to the general public in some way, shape or form for a telemark or a robocall, something along those lines, uh, uh, some type of unwanted solicitation. And uh, it's it, the, the, what can be done, uh, you know, we're certainly working here in, in Mississippi, the Public Service Commission, Attorney General's office, um, others. Uh, and, and thankfully the legislature created more opportunity through the Telephone Solicitation Act, the no-call law, uh, to further, to, to give the PSC and others here in the state more tools to go after these guys, not just here in Mississippi, but beyond.
0: And Brent, let, let's stress, this is bipartisan. <laughs> and I've asked you this before, but I think it, it we need to repeat it. Uh, regardless of who wins in November for the governor's office, Tate Reeves or Jim Hood, They'll work with you on this, Absolutely. or you'll work with them. Absolutely, it won't be Republican versus Democrat on, on these this issues. Is everybody right, being impacted right. by
1: this. Everybody, and it, like I said, it's not just a peace of mind thing; it's protected what's yours thing. And everybody has something to protect, and whether it's your reputation, whether it's your bank account, yeah, uh, your credit score, whatever. We're all in this together, and we're all trying to ensure that hey, consumers are put first, and that the, you know these guys if we can drag them out in front of the court square and flog them but I don't
0: know don't say that
1: you can't say that but
0: <laughs> don't but say anything like that feel
1: like you're so frustrated and infuriated by the by what's happening and these folks just yeah. steadily just you know like a, you know just eating away at you and just grating on you when you get these one after the other every day on days on end and it feels like there's nothing you can do well there is something we can do and, and I'm tell you what that's, that's one of the uh, certainly, cornerstones of my campaign to ensure that we work with a group of people who have these resources, this power, the authority to go after these guys, both within the state of Mississippi, everywhere from your local sheriff department or, yeah. or, yeah. or police department up to the attorney general's office, everybody in between. But we got to work at the federal levels too. You got to have the Department of Justice, the Federal Communications Commission, federal trade, international folks, because a lot of these things are originating from overseas and that's where you got to get the corporations involved as well, the AT&T's of the world, the C right. the service providers, the ones you pay your bill to. Sometimes they know, many times they know where these calls are coming from. They have the algorithms in place, right. they can see where you know these are, these are originating and they can help block those things and shut them down there. <laughs> of course, there's apps now that can prevent any call from coming in except the ones that are saved on your phone. That can certainly knock down and reduce those things. But what if you need to get a call in from somebody in an emergency? Um, you know, a loved one, hospital, or, or somebody needs to get in touch with you and it's automatically blocked because they're not on your, you know, go, no, go, your wife, Right, what right. You Called approved list. Um, so there, there's give and take in that regard. So you shouldn't have to build a, a fence or put yourself in a bubble protect yourself nowadays. You ought to have protection on down the line as well and these folks that you pay that bill to that you rely on for those reliable services they can help prevent that
0: and some are starting to I know AT&T has developed some type of app where they help with no calls. I don't know about C Spire and Verizon but you know the
1: public pressure is becoming intense in that regard it needs to let's get something done so I'm going to keep pushing forward for
0: that. Brent Bailey for Public Service Commissioner, Central District. Our guest here at Now See Here. I'm Jack Chris. You know, since the last time we talked, of course, we we try to give you the good media coverage. Uh, there was a, a nice editorial by our friend Wyatt Emrick in the Northside Sun, in which he pretty much came out and endorsed you. You were on JTV Channel 12 here in Jackson with your opponent. Uh, has the media treated you fairly and justly so far, do you think?
1: I think so. I, well, part of it is... is is. A lot of education out there in the, public se- in the public sector about what the public service commission does and, and that's part of the challenge uh, the psc is one of those agencies that you don't know a whole lot about or, or had a whole lot of dealings with until you absolutely need them to help rectify a situation with billing or service or something along those lines so uh, there's a lot of public education opportunity and uh, responsibility uh, along with the campaign as well But yeah, getting back to the Northside Sun and and Mr. Wyatt and the uh, very kind article he provided there. And it was a very balanced article as well. I think so, yeah. He discussed both the candidates in this race, uh, and and of course his conclusion was that that based on my my work history, uh, my experience, my qualification, the the work I have been doing in this sector around energy policy, uh, energy issues. Uh, regulatory and rate matters felt that was the the best one going forward to represent consumers in the Central District uh, to be a, an effective voice and a fair regulator to ensure that hey we do what is necessary to to bring robo callers to justice to to get responsible reliable affordable internet to rural areas and underserved areas uh, to really be a watchdog for rates and issues uh, that, that impact your bill. And so uh, we certainly want to continue to be that positive voice, and uh, we want to you know do what we can and, well, and be the consumer's champion and be the people's champion at the PSC for them.
0: And before we get into, because uh, I know this is on your push card, economic opportunities and what you can do in your position if elected, I think we need to point out to our YouTube audience and our listeners that next week, here at CC's, where we are right now, yep. we're going to be hosting an event. Uh, my parent company, BAM South, now see here: Gil Ladner and Priest SettleMyCase.com, and, and Brent uh, Bailey for Public Service Commissioner. It's uh, coffee with a candidate.
1: Absolutely, from seven a.m. to nine a.m. next Tuesday, October eighth. Uh, we'll be here. First, uh, first cup of drip coffee is on is us. on the house. On the house. Uh, and this is your opportunity to come and let's have a deeper conversation and one-on-one discussions or even group discussions about some of these issues that we're discussing today that we're talking I want to hear you know what are the uh, concerns of of voters out there consumers uh, what do they feel like the the PSC needs to be focusing on going forward and if we have the opportunity to represent them starting January next year uh, what what is what is dear to their their heart yeah and, and and what is what is you know, dear to their pocketbook as well.
0: And I'm sure you learn from them as they learn from you. You were talking about educating them on what your role is. I I have no doubt probably uh, knowing you that people might bring up something you maybe didn't think about. Absolutely. Am I right? I mean, you you do.
1: You 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 hear things all the time, different perspectives. You know, what about this? What about that? You know, uh, folks, you know, unsure about what is the reach and oversight of the PSC as far as regulated versus uh, for-profit utilities versus municipal versus nonprofits, and there's there's different levels of oversight and regulatory responsibility uh, but in many cases the psc will always can always be your voice and your champion
0: now the expanding economic opportunities brent first let me ask you how do you how do you perceive your relationship with mississippi's business community because you know you're going to be regulating certain utilities and segments. So how do they treat you and how do you treat them? I'd like to know more about that relationship.
1: I, I think there's a lot Or will treat you. Yeah, I've already, uh, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've elected uh, you uh, already. There's going to be a tremendous amount of respect, hopefully in both directions. I know it will be from myself. You know, the economic development folks from the county level all the way up to the state level, they have, you know, several goals and objectives in mind, which is most importantly, um, you know, putting people to work, creating good jobs, which uh, creates a strong community and a strong education system and workforce and, and livable communities and, and those types of things that, that make Mississippi a very attractive place to, to, to live, raise a family, and even retire. Um, to bring those, those activities here, such as uh, you know minor league baseball or car shows, uh, things that, that create, you know, that build on the culture of, of Mississippi. Uh, and, and even our the expansive natural resources that we have here that that are so valued, um, the PSC, how can they play a role in that? Yeah. Well, the legislature a few years ago expanded and, and gave the PSC some the authority to to consider economic development and economic expansion as part of their charge, their role, their responsibilities, and the regulatory side of things. So that gets in just like helping move forward. Rural broadband, rural internet. That cr- helps bridge that digital divide that rural communities may be on the other side of, of accessing the global marketplace. And that can help those small businesses reach a whole new set of customers they never had before.
0: Where are we on that? And why has the uh, providers, why have they not gone into these rural areas? Is it because they don't think they can make enough money? It it
1: gets all down to economics. Um, It's not cheap running a a line of fiber, whether it's underground or or pole to pole. And is there enough customers at the end of that line to help? You know, pay for that cost to give them an adequate return on their investment in a reasonable amount of time that encourages incentivizes them to move that line out there and keep expanding and reaching new folks.
0: In in your district, who needs it most? Everybody. Really? (laughs) Even in in the tri-county area here,
1: throughout the delta, yeah. uh, You know, East Central Mississippi, a lot of areas. uh, You know, the the river counties. I don't. Everybody needs it. Right. a lot of people are served no doubt about it and they have multiple choices particularly in city limits where there's cable where there's fiber where there's wireless you know that there, there's options out there many people have no choice and are very limited services, yeah. yeah very limited what the options are and that's what we want to help do at least create more options or at least uh, if it is just one choice, choice make sure it is cost effective that it's high speed that it's reliable that it's uh, you know gonna enhance their ability to whether it's uh, for their family purposes, business purposes or otherwise. So
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just
1: saying in as far as the economic development conversation beyond just broadband. Yeah, yeah. Also expanding things like natural gas infrastructure to uh, to industrial parks and other areas that may not have that. That creates a, a more incentive, a more attractive investment for opportunity for yeah. those manufacturers that need not just high-quality electrical service, but maybe even natural gas to you know, to fuel or to, to move their process line. And that creates jobs in those communities as well.
0: All right. Now, I'm going to show my ignorance a little bit again. Uh, do you or does the public service commissioner work with mda mississippi development authority do you work with private uh, economic development foundations just like our, our sponsors john maynard of an oxford lafayette county do you work with these people or will you yeah, yeah the
1: public service commission certainly has the opportunity and, and in many cases uh works with the local economic development local county boards and others to help them you know know what an investment means whether it's uh, you know a large solar farm that's going in in a county what's that mean for the tax base development um, conversation to PSC this week regarding uh, introduced acquisition of the Choctaw uh, generation station mm-hmm. outside of French camp um, you know what's the economic impact there for bringing that facility full-time on back full-time online and, and the economic you know ripple effect it will have in that county there um, and you hear that everywhere else. Everybody wants economic development in their county, no doubt about it. And energy, whether it's electricity, natural gas, um, or other alternative means can certainly provide an opportunity for that.
0: My next question, are people talking to you about alternate energy sources? Is that is that coming there, into play in Mississippi yet?
1: Yes. There's always questions, um, you know, and people are just deciding or trying to figure out, you know, you know, how does it impact them? And right. what the opportunities are for them? Uh, there, there's still, a, a, I think, a learning curve out there, uh, but there's certainly a, a lot of early adopters, and and we've seen it at both the small scale and large scale. Um, and folks are finding it is a cost-effective, uh, cost-competitive energy resource. It, it allows them to have more choice in their energy, um, in their energy profile, and right. gives them sort of a you know a means to create a little competition in the marketplace for themselves and and they may have uh, individual uh modification um uh, uh, things that motivate them differently why yeah. they invest in that type of uh of energy resource clean efficient uh gives them more control um uh, so th- th- there's a lot of things that motivate people to go that and I'm excited to continue to see that grow and want to see it continue to grow here in Mississippi.
0: And, you know, you mentioned twice here again, I'm using, a, you know, my cheat sheet, your, your push card, uh, but the Kemper plant, mm-hmm. which was such a huge, unmitigated disaster. How can you, in your position, if elected, keep something like this from ever taking place again when, when taxpayers are left holding a big bill, yeah. a big bag?
1: It, it gets all back to transparency, due diligence, and just ensuring that, hey— uh, we're, we're looking at everything that this involves.
0: How did that slip through, though? I mean, I, I know that it would take a lot to unravel, <laughs> but, but can you give me a short answer?
1: There, there was a lot of politics involved. Uh-huh. Um, again, a lot of the information used to justify uh, the, the economic justification was not available to the general public. Um, there was a lot of hopes and dreams riding on a, on a, on a new first-of-kind technology and there was just a lot of motivations that probably ran unabated and unchecked until it got so far, you know, that once everything was out of the barn, you couldn't it back in. And and, uh, and unfortunately, it, it, it didn't it, Yeah, You know, the it technology happened. didn't perform. Costs got out of control. Uh, construction timelines continued to be unmet and the psc finally had to rein it in pull the plug and and now uh, you know mississippi power is working through that sort of a dark time the company there right right uh, but they're coming out the other side i think a stronger leaner more efficient company lessons learned smarter, smarter <laughs> certainly yeah so, yeah um, yep. you know we certainly you know want to work with them going forward to ensure that uh, you know adequate smart efficient resources um, energy resources are out there available and and, you know they, they've been a, a company in Mississippi for I don't know probably close to a hundred years now uh, they they provide a lot of jobs and they help create a lot of jobs so as, as much as we want to see Mississippi Power Entergy, or, or any of the other regulated and non-regulated utilities here in the state uh, create those local economic benefits for those communities I certainly want to help do them I want to help them work with them be a partner with them uh, to, to do what they can but at the same time consumer and, and their economic health um, and, and the services they receive are always going to be pr- the first priority for me.
0: It's the Now See Here podcast. Mr. Brent Bailey, our guest. Brent, will be talking to you a lot more, of course, before the general election, which is November 5th. November 5th, right? 5th,
1: five weeks from yesterday.
0: We Time flies. We've got about four minutes. Okay. Let's hear about Brent Bailey, the man. Uh, you're from Carthage but but and I asked you the question the other day that I'm asking a lot of professionals what was your first paying job and you're still a car guy and and is your family still in Carthage tell us about your 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 yeah. wife kids whatever so, we'd so love to hear
1: just, just real quick um, yeah I grew up uh, you know, we, we moved around the state a little bit and now was a football coach I spend a little time you know a little time on the coast a little time in Brandon but Carthage is always going to be home to me Lee County actually a, a sixth generation Lee Canyon on both sides of the family. Really? So we got uh, roots through all out Lee County and Central Mississippi that run deep and wide. Uh, but now I currently live in Madison County, just outside of Canton. Been there nearly 20 years now. The wife and I, no kids, just did not go that route in life. Um, but uh, after Carthage, High, graduated Carthage High School, went to East Central Community College for a year and a half, where I was on athletic and academic scholarship there, and then transferred to Mississippi State, walked on. As a long snapper uh, earned a letter earned a scholarship and earned a degree in engineering there and then uh, went to work um, worked in engineering for about five years with a company uh, here in here in jackson called pickering then went to work for mississippi Farm bureau you worked Federation. at
0: pickering how be doing
1: yep worked for them i, I knew they, when they established their um, when they're you know based in memphis Tennessee, yeah i know Dakota, that yeah
0: yeah they we're
1: moving down and opening a, a jackson office yep. i think i was their first Mississippi hire. <laughs> Who
0: was the head, head man there? Uh,
1: Nat Witten, Tom Bryant.
0: Tom Bryant, yeah. yeah. When I had the old Jackson Business Journal, I'd go up to Tom's office and interview him. Yeah. Good
1: folks, good folks. And still keep in touch with him this day. A lot of the guys I worked with then are still there. Now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was there. And I then went to Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation for about eight years on the ag side of Farm Bureau. the membership side. And I worked as, to be their sort of lead person on on energy. I mean, on energy, yeah. environmental, conservation, policy issues, and sort of a state and federal agency liaison on those issues that impacted producers, those regulatory matters, whether it's uh, water quality, nutrient management, area issues, uh, pesticides, uh, 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 biotechnology, those right. types of things, really it, try to be that face and that voice for the for the federation on, on agency matters. And then, uh, for the last 13 years, I've been working with a group called the 25 by 25 Alliance. And Really focused on advancing and diversifying our our nation's energy portfolio to strengthen rural communities and on, uh, giving them the opportunities to invest and profit from alternative energy opportunities.
0: You know, in a way, it just sounds like your whole life has been leading up to this. It I, does. I, I,
1: I do feel that way. Absolutely.
0: And, I, and that's not how I set up the question. I, I just wanted people to know you, the man, personally. And by golly, it just trans you know translates into you preparing yourself, your whole career for this job.
1: I, I certainly feel that way yeah really feel that way um and as far as brent personally you know uh, hobbies or interests things along those lines certainly uh always been a,
0: a you a, like doing podcasts
1: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I was in there con- convert, conversing with you uh but, you know a big mississippi state football fan you know kind of trying times but hey it was I, a rough
0: I, saturday I, I wasn't still, it
1: still bleed maroon and white and always be a, a committed bulldog whatever and that's just my nature yeah Kind of a car guy as well. I got a '66 Chevrolet truck that took down a few years ago. You're gonna
0: bring it next Tuesday, right? Yeah, plan to
1: bring it out here and, and have it restored and good people check it out. So I enjoy going to the car shows and, and interacting with those guys, and uh, really spend a lot of time out on the water. Enjoy being out on the reservoir and and um, you know the coast and beach areas. Kind of a, a water person in that regard, and just enjoy getting out. And um, as I say. Uh, Taking advantage of the, the the natural resources we have in here in Mississippi, a lot of uh, I think I don't, I don't want to say undervalued, maybe sometimes even underappreciated, yeah. but uh, we're very rich in in that aspect here in the state of Mississippi.
0: We've got them, and look, don't feel bad about being a state fan. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, and I've been the people. I, yeah, well, I've been in uh, therapy since I've been a fan, <laughs> the old Fran in days, Mr. Brent Bailey. I'm gonna hold this up for our youtube audience mr brent bailey for public service commissioner central district i've even got my sticker on we got your shirt out here man we're doing some promotion brent next tuesday we look forward to seeing you here at cc's from seven to nine it's october
1: absolutely you're in the yes. central mississippi area you know madison county here ridgeland come on uh, please come on out and join us for a little while get a cup of coffee let's let's uh, chit chat and uh, hopefully
0: get your picture taken with the candidate get,
1: get to know me a little better beyond yeah. a, a voice or a picture on a facebook page um, you know and, and let's uh, meet the real me that's what i encourage folks to do and, and we'll certainly look forward to seeing you
0: we look forward to it too brent thanks so much for coming on the show again jack chris now see here at the podcast go to anchor.fm slash now see here h-e-a-r and also uh, go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, so many other platforms where you can find our podcast. I'm Jack Chris on behalf of Roddy Merritt here at CC's. Thank you so much for listening and take care.